What's up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, this is Unranked with Logan Kelleher. It's been a while since I've recorded something, and that's because I've just had a busy January. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff, so I haven't really had time to sit down and talk uh, for the podcast, but I plan to get back into it, and I plan to produce a lot of quality content. So um, if you want to listen to multiple episodes, I guess now would be the time to do it. During the season, I kind of was, you know, going game by game, kind of, you know, just talking about stuff that most college football fans already know about. You know, most college football fans already know about, like, you know, the scores, the the stats of the players. They already know that, so they want to get a little bit deeper look. So I think this next season, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know watch a few games really dive deep into them and say what I thought about them. So I think that's what I'm going to do for next season. But for right now, I'm going to do some topical stuff. Um, You know, I'm going to record these probably at various times. So it's going to be hard to, um, you know, really give news because I might record it on like a Friday or something and then post it on a Monday. And then that weekend there could have been, you know, 20 or 20 or so things that happened. So, um, but I'm back now. I plan to, um, oh crap. I just read a little side note. Uh, this episode is only going to be 30 minutes, so I hope that's fine. I hope people will listen to that. But, um, I, so to, so I'll just get right into it. So today's topic is going to be five football, five college football teams that kind of had off years or not off years. They just had years of football where they did really well, specifically a 10 win season is what I set my criteria to. So these teams, they'd They've been bad for a little bit, and then all of a sudden they had, you know, a 10-win season, 11-win season, or so on and so forth. So I found a list of five teams, or well, I found a list of a lot more teams than that, but a lot of them, they hadn't had a 10-win season, but they had eight or nine-win seasons, and, you know, that's just because they're in a tough conference and it's hard to have a good year. So five teams that I picked out. And we're just going to get right into it. Um, First team that I'm going to talk about, or I'll just go through all five. So I got five teams. Old Dominion, Kent State, Kansas, San Jose State, and then the final team, or I missed one, Illinois. So San Jose State, Illinois, Kansas, Kent State, and Old Dominion. So the first team I'm going to be covering is Old Dominion. Their season was in 2016. They went uh, ten and three that year, seven and one in the conference USA. They won the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl, which is their first bowl win, obviously, because they've only had a few seasons. And that's they're kind of the outlier in this because they've only had five FBS seasons, so it's kind of hard to, you know, um, say that this was random. But they've their best record besides that in the five years has been six and six. So I think it was kind of. Um, kind of out of the blue for them to go 10 and three. Um, and then also this year they shared the division title with Western Kentucky. So 
didn't get to play in the conference championship, but did win the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl. So that was pretty good. And that was against Eastern Michigan. So some of the stat leaders for this year for Old Dominion passing was David Washington. He was a 30 touchdown, five interception guy, 2,800 yards, played really well, 59% completion percentage um, for 156 point rating. Really was the uh, the spark that ignited this run of 10 wins. Um, was able to throw the ball well. And then what complemented his passing was the rushing of Ray Lowry and Jeremy Cox. Uh, Ray Lowry th- ran for 1255. Jeremy Cox ran for 732. Um, and then the two of them combined had 24 touchdowns. Uh, so the balance of run- rushing and passing really helped Old Dominion this year. Um, and then receiving Sack Pascal, who is now a wide receiver for the Colts. Um, he led the team in receiving 65 catches for 946 yards and nine touchdowns. And then Jonathan Duhart and Travis Fulgham each had nine and eight touchdowns, respectively. Um, 48 catches for Duhart and 29 for Travis Fulgham. Um, defense, they were led by TJ Ricks, Anthony Wilson. Two guys had 102 and 99 tackles respectively. And then Aaron Young had three picks for the team. uh, Touchdown off of one of those and six deflections. Um, And then they had some pretty good pass rushers. Rashad Coward had seven and a half tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And then Budmi Rotimi and O'Shane Zimmings had 10 and 11 and a half tackles for losses. And then seven and seven and a half sacks. So they were able to rush the rush the passer on the opposite side, get him down on the ground, and that definitely helped them um, have success on the season. Uh, and then so some of these some of these guys that left um, were David Washington. He left after the year. Zach Paschal, the wide receiver. TJ Ricks and Anthony Wilson. Aaron Young and Rashad Coward off the defensive side. So they had a lot of def- defensive guys leave. Um, had their uh, really main passing offense leave in their quarterback and their leading wide receiver so kind of kind of why they went five and seven the following season but um on to their coaching staff the head coach for the team was bobby wilder and he's actually still the uh head coach for them um he was a coach at that point it was his third fbs season and then his eighth year overall um staying with him also that long was brian scott who came at the same time as Bobby Wilder and then their defensive coordinator, Rich Nagy, uh, came there when they joined the FBS. So he was in his third year, but all of them are still coaches today. So, I mean, that's not that wild. I mean, they've only had two seasons after that one. So it's kind of kind of makes sense that they're all still there. Um, their strength of schedule, which is something that I look, looked at a lot when I talked about these teams, um, they were 125th out of 128. So uh, they kind of had a weak schedule as why they really won the games they won. But um, still got to give them credit for 10 wins. Uh, Some of their key wins were against uh, Southern Miss and Eastern Michigan. Besides that, they really didn't play a lot of talent. They they beat Hampton out of the FCS. They beat um, UTSA, who didn't do too well. Charlotte didn't do too well. Massachusetts definitely didn't do too well. UTEP, Marshall. Southern Miss, they like I said, FAU and FIU, all those teams had losing records. They were actually um, 8-0 against teams with a losing record and 2-3 and against teams with a winning record. The two wins coming against Southern Miss and Eastern Michigan. 
and then the three losses to Appalachian State, North Carolina State, and then later on in the season, Western Kentucky, who, like I said, they shared the division title with, so not a surprise that they lost to them. But the other two teams, Appalachian State, North Carolina State, they're really good teams. Appalachian State's been at the top of the Sun Belt ever since they joined the FBS, and North Carolina State is a good ACC team. So those were that was kind of their season. Um, and like I said, the previous seasons they were six and six, five and seven. Following that, they were five and seven and four and eight. So that was Old Dominion. And my general take on that team is, you know, they had talent that left, and that's why I think they had that, you know, outlier of a season. Um, I think the Conference USA is kind of the conference where one team can be good for a year and then they can drop off. I think that's very possible in that conference. It's not, you know, kind of one-sided like the SEC or uh, the Big Ten or the ACC where you have the powerhouses like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State winning every year. Um, The Conference USA is very open to um, conference titles and conference champions, so I think that's why Old Dominion played that well in that year. But the next team – is going to be Kent State. Their season was in 2012, and they went 11-3. and They lost the GoDaddy Bowl, and they won the Mac East title, but then lost the Mac Championship, um, losing two in the uh, later half of the season. And so a little bit of their season, their stat leaders passing was Spencer Keith, uh, he threw for 2,000 yards, really didn't do a whole lot, 55 completion percentage, um, 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Really, their star player was Drew Archer. He uh, had 2,600 yards, 24 total touchdowns. That was total yards. But threw a passing touchdown, ran 159 times for a 9-yard per carry average with 1,429 yards and 16 touchdowns, while also having Trey on Durham run for 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns, so a dominant rushing attack for this team. And then the quarterback, Spencer Keith, also ran for five touchdowns. And that was really what did it. Um, they had two two uh, linebackers, Luke Batten and Luke Wallet, each have over 100 tackles um, and had multiple guys with interceptions. Um, so really it was Dre Archer who helped them win that many games, 11-3, and 11-1 in the regular season and then lost the final two games, but definitely a – Definitely a good season for Kent State after, you know, what they've been through. They didn't have a lot of good seasons before that, haven't had a lot of good ones after that, and I'll get into that. But, um, you know, a lot of a lot of coaches left. Uh, Daryl Hazel, the head coach in his second year, that was his second year and his last, as was John Heacock, the de- defensive coordinator. He left after that year. Offensive coordinator Brian Rock, who was in his second year, stayed until 2014. So he stayed a little bit longer, but – um. In all, kind of the coaching staff was why they had the um, season they had. Dre Archer definitely helped. Um, he would stay another season, but Daryl Hazel was probably credited most for this. And like I said, with the Conference USA, I think the MAC is definitely a conference where it, you don't really have one team that is always dominating it. You have a lot of teams that are always you know in the mix to possibly win the conference championship. So then 
With the uh, strength of schedule, they were 119th out of 124 that year. So again, not necessarily surprising that they had the season they did. Had an easy schedule, but um, they still got through it. Uh, best win was Ball State, Rutgers, and Ohio. Each of those teams had nine and four records. Um, they were five and two against teams with winning records and six and one against teams with losing records. So they actually had a pretty tough schedule. They um, the two losses with winning records were obviously at the end of the season, Northern Illinois and Arkansas State. Um, but throughout the regular season, played pretty well. Um, the only, but Rutgers, a Big Ten team, or well, they would be a Big Ten team the next year. But uh, the only um, losing team they lost to was Kentucky, who's an SEC team. They went 2-10 and ten th- that year. But still a pretty good schedule this year, you know, with those three pretty good wins. Um, and then, like I said, the, the previous seasons, they had three, five, and seven seasons in a row. Hadn't had a winning season in, you know, 10-plus years. Have that season. Following that, four and eight, two and nine, two, three and nine seasons. And then the past two years, they've been two and ten in each season. So a lot of um, a lot of losing seasons. So it was good for um, Kent State to have this sort of season stand out. So the next team would be Kansas. Sorry for that little pause there. Um, so the next team was Kansas. They probably had the most standout season out of all these. They were. It was in 2007. They went 12 and one, seven and one in the conference. Won the Orange Bowl and shared a division, division title with Missouri. Um, they were led by Todd Reesing, the quarterback. Uh, 62% completion percentage. 3,400 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, played really well. And then they had um, Brandon McAnderson lead them in rushing, 1,125 yards and nine touchdowns. Or, well, no, 16 touchdowns. Sorry, I read that wrong. Um, And then receiving had Marcus Henry, 54 catches for 1,014 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, Defensively, tackles, they were led by Joe Mortensen with 106. He also led them in tackles for loss with 15. Um, and then interceptions, Akib Tlaib, five with two TDs, and Justin Thornton with five interceptions as well. They had a good returner in Marcus Herford with 31 returns for 888 yards, two touchdowns. So um, they were their strength of schedule was 69th out of 120, so one of the better teams out of this mix. Uh, Mark Mangino was in his sixth year. He would stay until 2009. Ed Warner was in his first year this year. He'd stay also until 2009, as did the defensive coordinator. Um, Clint Bowen stayed until 2009, but Bill Young left that year. They had co-defensive coordinators. Um, some of their good wins, Virginia Tech, or well, actually their their best win was against Virginia Tech, 11-3, and but made it through the Big 12 with you know ease, only lost one game, and that one loss was to Missouri at the very end of the season actually was undefeated until that point, 11-0, then lost to Missouri, but beat Virginia Tech in the Orange Bowl. So good season for them, and that's kind of, that was following a 6-6, 7-5, 4-7, 6-7, 2-10 run where they 
you know, really weren't that good, didn't really stand out that much. And then the following seasons, eight and five, and then five and seven, that's when Mark Mangino left. And then since then, they've been bad, haven't won over three games. So Kansas fans definitely want to, you know, go back to when they were good that year. Um, but definitely not, not in the, you know, not in the um, view for them so far. Um, definitely have some places to go. They just hired Les Miles, I believe, um, the old LSU coach. So that should be a step in the right direction. But then a fun little note or a side note for them, Akib Talib, who I mentioned, um, is still playing in the NFL. He is a cornerback for the LA Rams who will be playing in the Super Bowl this weekend. I'm probably going to upload this uh, maybe Monday, so he probably had just played in the Super Bowl. I'm recording this on a Friday. I think it might be up Monday. I'm thinking of my plan. Or it might be up Sunday night. I don't know. But anyway, um, so for Illinois, their season was in 2001, probably the oldest out of all these teams. Or actually, it is the oldest out of all these teams. Um, in their season, they were 10-2. and two. They lost the Sugar Bowl but won their conference title in the Big Ten, which is definitely something to be proud of. They were led by Kurt Kittner in the passing game, 2,900 yards, 23 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And then rushing, they had three guys all over 400 yards. They had Antonio Harris, Rocky Harvey, and Kerry Davis. Antonio Harris led that with 626 yards and six touchdowns. Rocky Harvey was second with 578 yards and four touchdowns. And then Kerry Davis was um, the third with 454 yards and a touchdown. So their leading receiver was Brandon Lloyd, who had 60 catches for 1,006 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, Then defensively, they had six interceptions by Eugene Wilson, four by Christian Morton, who returned two of those for touchdowns. Definitely had a uh, good year that year. Um, that was follow. That was you know previewed by five and six and eight and four records. So, and they play in one of the tougher conferences. They their strength of schedule is thirty second out of one hundred and seventeen. So definitely the best out of any of these teams. Um, they really um, they played well. They their uh, best win was against Louisville, who was eleven and two on the season. So it's kind of good when you're the one of only two losses for a team. They uh, ended up losing to LSU, who was ten and three in the Sugar Bowl. But uh, yeah, cruised through the Big Ten, um, beat four teams with a winning record. Uh, were undefeated against losing teams. Um, their head coach was Ron Turner. Uh, he stayed until two thousand four. So a few years after that. Um, but then, yeah, following that, they were five and seven, one and eleven, three and eight, and then they've had a nine and four season, two seven and six seasons. Um, but besides that, they haven't been over five hundred. So, and then before that season, they had an eight and four record two years prior to that, seven and five a little bit ago, six and five and one when they still kept ties. But um, definitely a pretty um, ran- random season for them. They hadn't been winning prior to that. They ha- they haven't really won after that. So definitely good to see um, a team do that well, especially for a year when um, you don't know when they're going to be good again. Uh, but Illinois plays in the Big Ten, and it's kind of one of those conferences, like I said, where it's 
you know, you got the powerhouses and it's kind of hard to get up to their level. You got the high prestige Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State is getting up there. And, you know, it's kind of hard to compete when you don't have much of a name. Illinois does, but maybe not as much of a name as some other schools do. So then finally we have San Jose State. Their season happened in 2012. They were 11 and 2, 5 and 1 in their conference. They won the Military Bowl. Um, passing leader led by David Fales, who had a breakout season, 4,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, uh, 72% completion percentage. Definitely played well. Deleon Eskridge led them in rushing with 1,025 yards and 11 touchdowns. And then receiving, um, Noel Grigsby. 82 catches for 1,307 yards, nine touchdowns. And then Chandler Jones had 54 catches for 691 yards and 11 touchdowns. Um, and then uh, their sack leaders on defense, Travis Johnson and Travis Rossidi had 13 and eight and a half. And then um, interceptions, Benny been weak here, had seven interceptions, had two touchdowns, one off of those interceptions, and then one fumble recovery. Um, and then, Tyler Irvin had two return touchdowns. So some of the seniors that left after this year, Dalen Esker is a running back, um, Ryan Otten, a tight end, I believe. Um, and then Travis Johnson and Colin Newsom off the defensive end. Their head coach is Mike McIntyre. He was in his final year at San Jose state. Um, that was his third year. And then Brian Lindgren and Kent bear, the two coordinators, offensive and defensive left after that year. It was their first year, but they followed the path of Mike McIntyre leaving after a, standout season. So their strength of schedule is 81st out of 124. So they were definitely one of the more lacking teams. Um, but they played Stanford, only lost to them by three as one of their losses. Um, and then their other loss was to... Um, let me see if I can find it. Their other loss was to Utah State, who won 11 and 2 that year. So, definitely played good teams, won good games. They were 6 and 2 against teams with winning records. So, they played a lot. Their best one against was against Louisiana Tech, who was 9 and 3. But they played Bowling Green, who was 8 and 5 in their in the military bowl, beat them out of the MAC. Um, and their season was kind of a standout season because the previous seasons they were you know, they had a 5 and 7 season. But we're one and twelve and two and ten in the seasons prior to that, nine and four a few seasons ago. But since that season happened, they've been their best season was six and six. So definitely have not had a you know winning tradition. So it was good to see them win in that season. And that will do it. That was all the teams. That was the five teams that I thought had the most, you know, standout seasons. Um and yeah, this episode is going to be kind of quick because I figured I, I just realized that um, on the web edition of Anchor, which people should, you know, try out if they want to film a pod or record a podcast like me, um, it's a good tool. Um, but I can only record for thirty minutes on the web edition, so we're at about twenty-three minutes now. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about what I'm what I plan to do. I plan to post an episode every week. Um, that may change, but I have some things in the works like a, um, I think I'm going to make a Twitter page for this podcast. So that way, um, 
people can ask me things, people can send me ideas for podcasts, what I can talk about, what I could do, maybe. Um, and I think that would definitely help. Um, so what I want to do with that, um, I think that would be a good idea. So I'm going to make that pretty soon. Um, I'm going to have somebody probably make a icon for that or something. But that will do it for this episode of Unranked with Logan Kelleher. And I hope you will all tune in for a probably longer episode. This one is going to be only 25 minutes. Um, so with that said, I hope you listen next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope you enjoyed hearing about five teams that have had pretty singular good seasons. Um, next time I'll probably do the I'll, I will rank the undefeated champions that have um, rank all the undefeated teams that have won championships. So rank the top undefeated teams in college football history up to a certain point. I'll probably do like the maybe 60s as my cutoff. Um, maybe maybe much earlier than that. I don't know. But I hope you guys will tune in for that one. But that will do it for Unranked with Logan Kelleher. And I hope to see you next week. Goodbye.